0: You are Locked On Browns, your daily Cleveland Browns podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Welcome into your fifth edition of the Locked On Browns podcast. My name is Jared Mueller. I will be your host for today. You can find me on Twitter at Jared K. Mueller. That's J-A-R-E-D. My middle initial is K and the last name is M U E L L E R. You'll find all of the stuff that I put out there, the different radio shows that I'm on, uh, my writing and those kind of things there on my Twitter feed. And so please feel free to interact with me there. I love interacting with the fans. I love interacting, discussing, uh, and even arguing about some things. So I think it can be a lot of fun. So uh, hit me up on Twitter. Uh, Looking forward to the the Week 1 Browns finally getting on the field for a game that really matters. Uh, The coaches won't be evaluating talent. There won't be any guessing on who's going to play, where's going to play, why are they going to play at this time. The Browns will just be looking to win the game. And so that's something exciting uh, with this new Browns staff who really do believe in their ability to coach, um, is now they have their 53-man roster along with their 10 guys on the practice squad. They can really focus their energy on as opposed to trying to develop and trying to get a feel for all of the players uh, that started off on the 90-man. So Uh, Really excited to see what that looks like. And we'll get into some keys to victory on both sides of the ball near the end of uh, today's podcast. But I want to start with, um, as we look at the 53-man and as we look at the depth chart that the Browns put out yesterday, uh, it's really interesting. The thing that really jumped out to most people uh, was that Joe Schobert showed up as the starting outside linebacker for the Browns. And so uh, we look at that depth chart. Little surprising. Schobert, uh, who many, including myself, believe may be better suited as an inside linebacker, really lacks some of the length and explosiveness that you like uh, on the outside. Uh, beat out second year man Nate Orchard, who was drafted in the second round by last year's regime. Orchard hasn't really impressed uh, many people during his time with the Browns. He has shown a little flashes here and there, but seems like he's actually better against the run. Uh, and then actually play in a little bit of coverage, uh, which is a little surprising for a converted defensive end out of Utah. Uh, Schobert on the other hand, has really won the job. And so it's something Hugh Jackson talked about today, is that Showbert showed them everything that they wanted. Um, and so while Browns fans might be a little shocked uh, that the Joe show is going to start at outside linebacker across from Emmanuel Agba, we have two rookie outside linebackers. And so with that kind of speed, Uh, maybe not explosiveness from Schobert, but a lot of speed, shows a lot of instincts to get to the ball, something that we haven't seen for the Browns, hopefully understands containment uh, to keep runs from bouncing outside and going the distance, something that should be important against the Eagles. It's a little bit of a surprise for many Browns fans who just assumed Orchard would slide into that spot uh, based on Schobert's draft position, as well as um, really not flashing a ton uh, during preseason. But the Browns like what they've seen from him. Besides that, Stephen Paella just signed uh, is the backup behind Xavier Cooper. John Hughes is going to start instead of Carl Nassib, even though the rookie has shown a lot of promise while Hughes was out. It makes a lot of sense to have Hughes up front, who can play very, very well. May not be as electric uh, and disruptive as Nassib, but at least start and give some solidity up front with second-year man Danny Shelton and Xavier Cooper starting next to him. And then the rest of the roster on defense, Joe Hayden obviously was going to start. We knew Demario Davis brought in as a free agent and Christian Kirksey were going to start. The second cornerback, Jamar Taylor, is listed as starting across from Hayden. Draymond Williams, surprisingly, is actually listed as the Browns' primary punt returner, as well as backing up Taylor. So it'll be interesting to see how the secondary uh, plays out with Jordan Poyer, Abraham Campbell, and Derek Kindred backing up Campbell it's possible we're going to see a little Kindred and Campbell combination against what we expect to be a run-happy run, run uh, happy Eagles team. And so a uh, few surprises there on the defensive side of the ball. On offense, not as many surprises. Corey Coleman, Terrell Pryor are going to start at wide receiver with Andrew Hawkins and Ricardo Lewis slated as their backups. And the other two rookies Rashard Higgins and Jordan Payton are listed third string behind both of the wide receiver positions. Isaiah Crowell is going to start. He started most of the year. And then Austin Pastor is going to be the right tackle. So not a lot of surprises. Uh, When we look at the uh, starting offense and what we see there, Elvin Bailey is listed as the backup guard, with Coleman and Drango as backup tackles. And so kind of what we expected out of the offense, nothing too surprising. Really, the surprises are going to be uh, after week four, what happens when Josh Gordon comes back, Where does he fit into the equation? Expect Hugh Jackson to uh, not give him the spot right away. So, um, so far, not a lot of surprises offensively. On the defense, a few surprises. Then special teams. It'll be interesting who uh, actually does return the punts. And so right now, it looks like we're going to have Traymond Williams. And so does that mean we're going to have a lot of fair catches uh, as opposed to returns? so that he plays it cautious, keeps the Browns uh, from making big mistakes, which rookies can often get a little too excited in week one. Maybe Williams is back there to kind of be a stabilizing force uh, instead of making big mistakes. Today also we found out that the Browns voted on who their captains would be. Joe Thomas, Joe Hayden, they make a lot of sense. Newcomer DeMario Davis, as the leader of the defense there in the middle, also makes a lot of sense as a captain. And then Tank Carter, who many Browns fans have just wrote off as someone who's going to get cut year after year. He has just stuck with the team, primarily because of his special teams ability, but he has shown some ability uh, in the middle of the defense as a middle linebacker, inside linebacker. And so Tank Carter is kind of the special teams captain. And then you have Robert Griffin Third. So while There's a lot of noise, especially coming out of Washington, which we're not going to touch on today, about Robert Griffin III, his personality, and how he's rubbed some players, especially in Washington, the wrong way as he was focused on his brand. It says a lot about the players that they looked at Griff as a leader, as someone they wanted to look up to. Some people ask Hugh Jackson whether the the voting was rigged, that they wanted to put this behind RG3 and make it look like the team was behind him. Jackson laughed that off, obviously. Uh, The team would know. The team would know if Robert Griffin III really is a leader on the team. Them naming him, voting him as a captain alongside Joe Thomas for the offense, says a lot about some of the maturity things that we've heard about Griffin as well as Hugh Jackson. Jackson, the quarterback whisperer, the guy a lot of people want to get behind. And, and seem to love has really helped develop and helped Robert Griffin III mature. And so, really excited to see that the Browns players see something in Griff that they believe is a true leader alongside Joe Thomas on the offense. And then, with Hayden and DeMaro Davis on defense and Carter, there seems to be a lot of excitement about the leadership that those players are showing. And so, we'll see. Um, Carter's been around a while. Hayden and Thomas have been around a while. Griffin and DeMario Davis are kind of new guys to bring a new voice to the team. And so we know kind of who the starters are going to be going into week one. And now we know who the captains are going to be for the rest of the season. And so we know, we really have an idea of who the core of this team is going to be. Some fans are going to be excited, others are going to be a little bit worried about what this season is going to hold, both based on the talent and on the leaders. All that will matter is the development on the field. And now, insurance-minded speeches from GEICO. Hardship. My grandmother would go through it every month to pay her insurance bill. First, she would handwrite a paper check in cursive. Then, using her own tongue, she would wet a stamp for an envelope. Today, however, we need not weary our hands and tongues. Today, we can pay our GEICO bill with the GEICO app. Away with hardship, in with Bill pay on the GEICO app. Thank you. So let's talk about on the field. The Browns face the Philadelphia Eagles this Sunday at 1 o'clock. What do we expect on the field? What are some of the keys to victory? And so uh, today we're going to give you keys to victory on both sides of the ball for the Browns. Tomorrow we'll look at the Eagles and some of the things that we are looking for their keys to possibly victory, some of the players uh, that can really show out. And then Friday, we're going to give you a game preview. Some of the things we expect, give you our prediction and kind of go from there. And so today, looking at keys to victory for the Browns on both sides of the ball. On the defensive side of the ball, it's going to be about stopping the run, something that the Browns have struggled with for decades. The Browns need to be able to stop the run uh, with Ryan Matthews and Darren Sproles and everything that they can do to force Carson Wentz, the rookie who really hasn't had a lot of time uh, in the preseason, to work with the first team or really even get reps at all based on his rib injury, the Browns have to be able to stop the run. So they put Wentz in a position that maybe he's a little uncomfortable with so they can get some shots on him to see how healed is he. Again, we never root for injuries, but the fact that he has had a rib injury uh, during the preseason and many weren't even sure if he'd be ready for week one, the Browns need to be able to get some pressure on them. So expect them to come after the quarterback, uh, to go after the quarterback Uh, uh, after they go towards the running back. And so they often talk about stopping the run on the way to the quarterback. And that's really what we expect out of the Browns this week. And so you can see them really uh, expect them to really jam the line of scrimmage. Hope that Joe Hayden can handle his responsibilities on the outside. And then give a little help, whether it's to Taylor or Traymond Williams on the other side, as well as over the middle with Davis and Kirksey providing uh, some of that kind of coverage. The Browns have to be able to stop the run It's something they haven't done for years, but especially against the Eagles, a team that that doesn't have the passing game rhythm that you would expect out of a team coming into week one because of the trade of Sam Bradford, because of the rookie coming in after not being able to really participate in preseason too much. Stopping the run has to be their number one. If they get beat by Carson Wentz, while the narrative of that will be that the Browns made a mistake not drafting him, that Wentz is the, the next franchise guy, The Browns have to be okay with that. They have to accept the fact that they have to kind of pick their poison right now with a very young defense, a very young team. They're not in a position right now to get overly creative. And so we can expect the Browns to really attack the run on the way to the quarterback and hope to get some big hits on Wentz. If the Eagles decide to run him a lot, it'll be really interesting Uh, If the Browns try to get their shots in in a very, very specific area around that injured rib um, or hopefully not get any kind of late hit penalties or any of those kind of things. But when you have a lot of young guys ant up for week one, uh, it wouldn't be shocking to see them really try to attack Wentz, uh, really to try to kind of put an emphasis uh, in a statement in this game that as a defense, they may be young, but they're fast. And I think that's the one thing that while they may not be stout up front, losing Desmond Bryan is a big piece to that. Uh, they have a lot of speed. They've added speed uh, to their defense. And so expect to see them really uh, try to key in on the run game on their way to the quarterback. On that side of the ball, if they're able to do that, they can put their offense in a position to really make some noise. And so on, on the offensive side of the ball, the key to victory is going to be sustaining drives. Hugh Jackson talked at the beginning of the year about wanting to be a power run team. But then the second preseason hit, and Terrell Pryor looked like he was going to develop into this Randy Moss-like deep threat. Corey Coleman was coming back for, for the third preseason game. Josh Gordon was going to excite people in the third and the fourth preseason game. Duke Johnson coming out of the backfield can catch the ball. And then you obviously have Gary Barnage. And all of a sudden, the Browns looked like a Baylor... Chip Kelly spread, throw the ball all over the place kind of team. The problem with that is you can't sustain drives that way. And so on the offensive side of the ball, they have to be able to sustain drives. They have to be able to give uh, their offense some time to get into rhythm, uh, to put themselves in manageable positions for Robert Griffin III so he doesn't get outside of the pocket, try to do too much, uh, so he can still throw the ball away like we saw in preseason. Uh, If they're able to do that, if they're able to establish the run, it also helps the defense gives the the defense time to relax, to rest on the sidelines, but it also allows the defensive coaches to really try to get a feel for what the Eagles want to do offensively, key on some things so that they can attack the rookie quarterback and even get creative on the sidelines. And so uh, the Browns' run game will be the key to victory for their offense. While Griffin's flick of the wrist deep ball is amazing and it's pretty and it's really exciting to watch Terrell Pryor fly down the sideline, Uh, hopefully Corey Coleman can show some of the – the excitement and the ball-attacking skills that he showed uh, during training camp, but maybe not as much in preseason, while those things are exciting, those things for the Browns, based on the defense that they have and based on um, what they need, are not going to be enough. That's not the kind of offense that the Browns need to really try to establish. Now, if they get down in the game, whether it's because of turnovers or the Eagles' offense, it's nice to know that we have those kind of weapons that we can really open up the offense to try to come from behind. But to start the game, expect to see a heavy dose of Isaiah Crowell, some wide receiver screens, some things to really put them into manageable second and third downs, and then maybe on the third or fourth first down, see that deep ball. And so that's really what we're excited to see from the Browns. That's a key to their victory, even though it's not the exciting offense that we seem to have unlocked uh, in the second week of the preseason. It is the kind of offense that's going to lead to victories for the Cleveland Browns. And if any week we have a chance for a victory, it seems like week one with a rookie quarterback who didn't get any preseason time, really, it seems like this is the week to get that victory, to put a stamp on the season that winning is something that the Browns want to do. Yesterday, I talked about the fact that I don't believe the Browns are tanking. And so a week one victory against the Philadelphia Eagles seems like one of the best chances they have for a victory, for a win, and to really start some momentum. And so um, the keys to the victory, again, defense needs to stop the run, force the Eagles to pass the ball with rookie Carson Wentz, and the offense needs to really run the ball and have some sustainable drives. And so even those wide receiver screens are just an extension of the run game. It's the constant deep passes that may put the Browns in vulnerable positions, both offensively with a lot of three and outs, and then putting their defense back on the field. Something that can be very problematic for this young, struggling defense. Now for our, as we finish up every time, uh, we'll have a listen up, a tune in, and a click on segment. And so today it'll be a little bit different in the tune in. Uh, Don't always want to push you back to the television. uh, As we got football starting tomorrow night, we'll definitely be tuning into that. So first, listen up. Uh, My friend Bob Evans uh, started his new sports radio show on No Static Radio. Uh, His Cleveland sports scene covers a variety of topics. It'll be on Tuesday nights from 6 to 8 on No Static Radio. Uh, And so you can also download the TuneIn app and look up No Static Radio to find uh, all of the great radio that is going on in Cleveland uh, from Jason Snyder and his group. But Bob Evans again. You can follow him on Twitter at, at the real Bob Evans. Uh, and so Bob actually had me on last night to talk a little bit about the Browns. A good guy. Met him for uh, at Game Six of the NBA Finals. Had a lot of fun uh, at the Victory Alley Bar. A uh, lot of noise. So listen up to Bob Evans Cleveland Sports Scene on No Static Radio. You can listen to Tuesday's pot or Tuesday's radio segment that I was on about seven ten to about seven thirty. Uh, So click on No Static Radio uh, on the TuneIn app. Also, listen up to the Locked On Fantasy podcast with Vinny Iyer. The season starts tomorrow, so don't forget there are games tomorrow as well as two games on Monday and all the games on Sunday. So make sure you check in with Vinny Iyer. Anything that's going on, any big uh, decision that you're trying to make, Vinny's going to help you out with that. So check out the Locked On Fantasy podcast with Vinny Iyer on the Locked On Podcast Network. Today's tune in is actually going to be a read up. So instead of going to the radio, uh, I'll, I'll encourage you to read up. And so there's a book called David and Goliath It's by Malcolm Gladwell. It's a book that really attacks the idea of what it means to be an underdog uh, and really was David in the story of David and Goliath really an underdog. It helps us look at the way we see life and try to understand how we can take those things that many in the world would look at it as an underdog and use those as strengths. And so um, some of you don't know that I am a professional counselor. So what I do. I'm a licensed clinical social worker with the state of Ohio. And so this book actually does a really good job of helping uh, people who generally will tend to look at things like dyslexia as a weakness and turn that into a strength and so it's a book that i love uh, to recommend to people because it really uh, is about turning weaknesses into strengths and if we can ever do that i think the world becomes better and as Brown Sands we're hoping at some point in time like the cavaliers like the indians these weaknesses become strength and we can actually uh, start to cheer on a winner and so uh, we like the idea of an underdog uh, and what that actually looks like and then finally click on uh my buddy Michael Bodie for waiting for next year those guys have done a great job for years uh we're still waiting for next year we want another championship obviously the Cavs brought us one uh and so but on waiting for next year michael has a story looking at every week one brown starter and everything that they've done over the time uh that the browns have returned including the fact that jeff garcia is the only one to win uh, the first game of the season. And so, again, click on waiting for next year. Those guys do a great job. A lot of depth to their uh, writing roster. So I encourage you to to click on waiting for next year. So, again, listen up to the the real Bob Evans. Uh, he has his Cleveland sports scene Tuesday 6 to 8 on No Static Radio. The Locked On Fantasy Podcast with Vinnie Iyer, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Instead of tune in, I encourage you to read up with David and Goliath Malcolm, by Malcolm Gladwell. And then click on Waiting for Next Year, Michael Bodie's uh, every week one starter since the return. Again, my name is Jared Mueller. I am your Locked on Browns podcast host. You can find me at Jared K. Mueller. That's J-A-R-E-D K. Mueller, M-U-E-L-L-E-R on Twitter. I'd love to interact with you. Send me your questions, your comments, your concerns, um, and what you're looking forward to in week one for the Cleveland Browns against the, against the Philadelphia Eagles. Thanks, have a great day, and go Browns. You are Locked On Browns, your daily Cleveland Browns podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network.